Hello, you're listening to Where the People Aren't. I'm Allie. And I'm Jessie. Today we are talking about the rescuers. Not the good one, not the rescuers down under, just just the first one. You have to get through your vegetables before you get to dessert. That's true. So, uh, your facts? Yeah, let's just right. let's dive into it. Let's just do it. So, let's just do it. Picture it. Picturing. 1977. Chest hair Star everywhere. Wars. I'm. If you'd let Sorry. me do my year facts, <laughs> if you would shut up and let me do my goddamn year facts. <laughs> the biggest hit of the year, top in the charts, was "Tonight's the Night" by Rod Stewart. Ooh, I don't know that one, but frankly, you go, Rod Stewart. I bet it's tonight is the Rod night. Stewart. I bet every night is the night for Rod Stewart. Probably who is, for some reason a sex symbol, despite kind of looking like a person carved out of some sort of old wood. Yeah, you're right. He does. He's not very attractive, but he's got a good voice. Maybe that's all you need <laughs> when you're British. I guess. Tonight's the night. It's gonna be Apple Computer is Incorporated. Oh. 1977. Uh, you're a member of the cult. I am. I'm a member of the cult. You are. I have two laptops now, an iPad, an Apple Watch, an iPhone, and AirPods. Led Zeppelin sets the world record for concert attendance at the Pontiac Silverdome in Michigan. 76,229 people are at one show. Not a mask in sight. <laughs> They're not six feet apart. Can you imagine going to a show after all of this is over? I don't know, man. It's, it's gonna it's gonna when I think about the metal shows that I went to with Will and how many greasy ass bespiked dudes yeah. touched me. Right. Not like intentionally, but Did just in you're right? in like yeah, having to like run away from a mosh pit. Right. Fucking never again. <sighs> yeah. Never again. Mm, yeah. Anyway. I'm going to have some serious agoraphobia coming out of this. No. Star Wars! Star Wars! Now known as Episode 4, A New Hope, was released in theaters in May. Uh, Garner's a pretty big following. Pretty big. They're, they're well known. What is your favorite Star Wars movie? Is it A New Hope? I'm going to say it's A New Hope. A New Hope is probably my favorite Star okay. Wars movie. Uh, probably because it's the one that I have watched more than any other one. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I So I just rewatched the original trilogy, right? Yep. And really enjoyed it much more than I did when I was younger. I think The Empire Strikes Back is my favorite. That's a very popular one. It's a it's, good one. It's very good. I just found it very entertaining. Yeah. I like Sassy Leia. She is very sassy. Mm-hmm. She was definitely like my role model as a child. And then Carrie Fisher was uh, as an adult. She's yes. great. She was a great lady. Space Mountain opens at Disneyland, and it is still one of the most popular rides at the park. I don't think there's one at Disney World. Maybe there is. I don't know. I know. I don't remember. Senate hearings begin on MK Ultra. Do you know anything about MK Ultra? No. It's fucking. It's like mind control shit. It's bonkers. It was this thing that I think it was the FBI did like mind control experiments. Even if you're not really into true crime, it is a great example of just how batshit crazy the government is. Yeah. It's worth it's worth a deep dive. David Berkowitz, also known as the son of Sam, is captured in New York. Uh, I'm a big true crime person. I love him. I love I love me a, a 70s serial killer. David Berkowitz is really interesting because he was very he was like a breath of fresh air and that he just shot people in their car and then he ran, ran away. Huh. Instead of like, I'm going to cut this body up and make it into a pie, or I'm gonna bury someone's head in the backyard or whatever. He was just like boom and then he ran away. So surprisingly straightforward. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> 
yeah, he was real salt of the earth of serial killers. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, he got he got captured. He's in jail now. Um, uh, the king dies. Elvis Presley passes away, reportedly on his toilet, but I don't think we ever really reportedly got on the throne. Yeah, uh, I don't know if that if that was ever proven, but he. Yeah, I don't remember if it was. He I th- died. I mean, it's like everyone knows. Like everyone thinks that. Yeah. And doesn't Which that make it? Isn't uh, history told by the victors? So really, <laughs> it is a fact. Anyway, he he passed away at the age of forty-two. He's only forty-two. Oh wow! I didn't realize he was that young. I at, thought he was older than that. No, forty-two at his home, Graceland, the Graceland Estate in Memphis. Huh. Interpol issues regulations on copyright infringement, which still appear at the beginning of DVDs. Huh. I mean, I guess if people still buy DVDs, probably on Blu-rays as well. Interpol, 1977. Hmm. But most importantly, on June 22nd, the predecessor to a truly great movie... (laughs) Apparently, <laughs> that I don't remember at all. The Rescuers is released to theaters, launching Bob Newhart's career. <laughs> what, do, you want, do you want to tell us a few facts about Should The Rescuers? Tell you a little bit about it. Uh, the Rescuers is the 23rd Disney animated feature film. It was directed by our buddy Wolfgang Reitherman. Oh, along yeah, yeah. With, yeah. John Lounsbury and Art Stevens. The music was done by Artie Butler, and the songs were written by Carol Connors and Anne Robbins. Bernard and Miss Bianca, two New York City mice, are members of the Rescue Aid Society, an international team that operates beneath the United Nations and comes to the aid of those in need. After receiving word that Penny, a young orphan, has been abducted by Madame Medusa, an evil woman seeking a precious diamond, the two set out to bring her back home with help from other animal friends. It's not not totally wrong. I mean, they get a whole lot less information than that, but... Yeah, it is only like a 70-minute movie. It is short as fuck. It is really short. Released June 22nd, 1977, it had a budget of $7.5 million and a box office of $169 million. That's insane, and I it's make like that note a later. thousand percent Yeah, increase. it's like a 22% And to be fair, it was increase. released two or three times in theaters. So I, I think it was released three times. Really. Yeah, so yeah. It was, that's included in that number, mm-hmm. so it makes a little more sense that it's such but a high one. But that's still so much money. So many people went back to see it in theaters. I mean, what else were you going to do in the 70s? Shoot people in their cars and run away. Oh, well, I mean, what were the children of the 70s going to do? I don't know. See Star Wars, I guess. I suppose. It has a 6.9 out of 10 on IMDb and an 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is pretty solid. Yeah. It was a nominee for the best original song for the song Someone's Waiting for You, which I probably couldn't pick out unless I heard it right off. Like I don't think I know which one that was either. This wasn't um, a musical. It wasn't a musical, but it was. It felt very 70s. It sure did. Like these soft jam ballads over like montage scenes. It reminded me a lot of Robin Hood. It was only a few years after Robin Hood, but they had kind of the same thing where like yeah. when Maiden Marian is singing, it's this very like soft pop. Oh, the Seven. Yeah. Everything was blurry around the edges. Everything was blurry. What is the the storied folklore behind this movie? So The Rescuers is based on the book series of the same name, which was written by Marjorie Sharp beginning mm-hmm. in 1959. The movie seems to pull more from the second book, Miss Bianca, in which the mice are rescuing a little girl named Patience, who is a prisoner of the evil Grand Duchess. But as always, Disney has taken a few tiny things and basically made whatever they wanted, regardless of the source material. Absolutely. Uh, I thought it was really funny. I was watching it in the opening credits. It even says, suggested by the rescuers and Miss 
Miss Bianca by Marjorie Sharp. <laughs> suggested <laughs> by. <laughs> like we thought it was a great name and some concepts, so we just took what we wanted. I was only able to find a copy of the first book, The Rescuers, despite it being a series of nine books that seemed to have been fairly popular in their time. Nine? Yeah. There were nine books wow. and they were they seemed to be fairly popular, but the only one that I could find that wasn't like four hundred dollars was the first one. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's so weird. Yeah. So I got that one and I read through it. And it's a, it's a fun little book. It's got some terrifying cat illustrations. Okay. Did I send you any of these? I'm going to text you one. It was really bizarre. Yeah, no, I want to see. Okay. I just texted you a couple of those. Okay. Oh, what the fuck? What <laughs> right? the fuck is that thing? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's like the... Put I'll, put, on, I'll oh. put them up on Instagram when we publish this. Um, I hate it. Who's the illustrator on this? Satan. <laughs> right. Garth Williams okay, is the can illustrator. I also, can I also just read a, a quick snippet of this? Yes, please do. <laughs> this, this is the terrifying... You can't see it. It's the, it's the one when she's riding the cat. Yep. He rolled and shook himself, then leaped and galloped. That's not a word. Galloped. But he couldn't shake Miss Bianca off. She nestled deep in his long, thick coat and clung on tighter and tighter, emitting little squeals of pleasure. <laughs> I don't like this. No, I didn't catch that when I read it the first time. So How did fun. you not catch that? I don't know, man. Okay. I'm trying to figure out what this cat... This cat looks like something. It looks so like this is some... a cat. So the plot of the rescuers is that they're not the rescue aid society, they're the prisoner's aid society. And the whole concept of this universe of mice is that they keep prisoners company to cheer them up in their What did the prisoners times. do? Good question, to which we literally <laughs> never get answered. So in this one, they discover that there's a Norwegian poet that has been imprisoned in the Black Castle, which is a big, oh. evil, awful prison that has no window. Well, yeah, you got to keep the poets from sunlight. I guess they find inspiration. And as poets have always written favorably of mice, they decide they need to help. They need to find a way to help him escape rather than just keep him company. Is that true? Do poets like mice? Any poets listening, write write in. Tell us your like, your thoughts on small rodents. The prisoner is a poet. You will all, I know, cast your minds back to the many poets who have written favorably of our race. Her feet beneath her petticoat like little mice stole in and out, suckling the Englishman. What a charming compliment, it says. So apparently mice have bad taste in poetry. Why was the word suckling in there? I hate this book. That's the name of the poet, I believe. His name is Suckling? Suckling, yeah. Suckling the Englishman. I don't know if that's a real poem or not. I didn't look it up because I didn't care. When you said Suckling the Englishman, I thought that was another line. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's gross. Okay, moving on. When asked why he's imprisoned, the chairwoman says, perhaps he writes in free verse. And they shared a jaunty laugh. (laughs) It made me laugh when I read it. (laughs) But we literally never know why this guy is in prison. So the whole, it's a very bizarre universe of mice. The mice can speak the mice language and the language of the country that they're in or from. So presumably, I think these mice are like in London. So they can speak English and mousies. And English and mousies, but they need to find a Norwegian mouse so that it can speak to the Norwegian poet. Go on. I don't see any plot issues. So here. they're like, well, we have to, how do we get to Norway? We, like, we used to be a lot easier when there were like train cars to ride on or something. I don't know. The mice have a very complicated system of travel. Remember when you could take the train from England to Norway? Right. 
So they decide that they have to find a way and they realize, oh, Miss Bianca, who's apparently not part of this society, but she's the pet of the ambassador's son, conveniently. Ambassador of where? I assume of England, but he's going to Norway. Or no, yeah, he's going to Norway. So she, they convince her to go and she gets to ride in like a bag on the plane. I don't know. It was very convoluted. And she gets to Norway and she founds a mouse and they go and they go to the castle and that's where this cat, this terrifying cat lives, is in this castle in the office of the warden who has butterflies just pinned to the wall. Lots and lots of butterflies pinned to the wall, like creepy amounts, it seems. Anyway, it's a weird fucking book. It was a fun read, though. It was quick. And then everything goes back to normal. Everything works out. They release the prisoner and Miss Bianca goes back to her porcelain pagoda that she lives in. So they really took this book, they boiled it in some water, and then they threw the water onto a movie screen. Uh, Yeah. Well, like I said, I think some of this came from the second book, The Miss Bianca, which I could not find a copy of to read. And it seems like that had a little more relation to the movie. There's a child who's prisoner and there's something about a diamond in that one, too. And the allegation in the movie are actually dogs in the book or something like that. Is so. Bernard in the first book? He is in the first book. He's like yeah. actually one of them. And they really like dumb him down for this movie. Yeah. Like in the book, he's like a decorated prisoner aid war hero kind of thing. Like he mm. faced down a cat or something and he has a medal. And Oh, okay. I don't know. It's a weird, goofy little book. If you want to read it, it's on Amazon. You can get it on your Kindle. That, that's going nuts. I'm kind of curious. I, I mean, I hate it so far. Everything I've read is really bad. But... <laughs> Uh, reviewer Megan Cox Gurdon of the Wall Street Journal noted that the book is much funnier and more interestingly textured than the high fructose movie version. Oh, hmm. <laughs> Originally, the animators had chosen Miss Bianca in the Antarctic, which is another one of the books, as the source for the movie, and that focused on the rescue of a polar bear in captivity being forced to perform. And jazz singer Louis Prima was to voice the character of Louis the Bear and sing songs, but the discovery of a brain tumor forced them to scrap that concept. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, They later dropped the Arctic theme altogether. As veteran Disney writer Fred Luck said, it was too stark a background for the animators, which seems like a cop-out. Like, our animators couldn't draw this. Yeah, it doesn't look a cop-out. Anyway. So there you go. As always, it has very little bearings on the actual movie that we just watched. Mm-hmm, true. Flavorings of the original. Mm-hmm. So first off, what were your impressions from this? We kind of talked about this earlier. Like this is the precursor to the actual good movie, mm-hmm. which was The Rescuers Down Under. I mm-hmm. must have seen this at some point, but I didn't have much memory of it mm-hmm. at all. Like it was... Yeah. Not really triggering anything? No, I didn't have anything. Like, I don't remember. I remember watching The Rescuers Down Under a lot when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. But this one was just kind of, I don't know, I guess it was there. I had no memory of this movie whatsoever. I probably, I know that I saw it because I did. It started ringing a bell a little bit further into it. Like, yeah. Dusa was when I started remembering things. But I when I went into it, I had no idea what it was about. I don't know. It was okay. Yeah. It's short. Of, it's also so short. It's, it's very like short. 75 minutes long or something. Yeah. Eh. Eh. All right. Well, all right. Podcast over. Some interesting notes, though. So we, I found some really good production notes. The uh, the Rescuers was initially in development in 1962 until Walt Disney shelled it because he disliked the political overtones. Also, can we just call him Walt? Right. We've done a number of these now. Yeah, we're, we're posthumously friends with Walt. This is our. We're not sure. Somewhere between 12 and 15th episode. So we're just gonna call him Walt. So the political overtones 
Capone's stems from the original treatment of the film, which I guess was based more on the book because it was centered around a poet being held captive in a gulag type situation Mm -hmm. by a totalitarian government, which I think sounds like it would have been a fine thing to take a stance against. What a crazy thought. But Walt Disney's the one who had a billion dollar empire and I'm the one on her couch drinking a LaCroix at nine in the morning in her pajamas. So maybe, maybe he was right. Maybe he was right. But I, I think that that would have been, I still think that would have been an okay thing. Totalitarian governments do shit like imprison poets. Poets, yeah. Because they're yeah. afraid. Afraid. The production was reintroduced in the early 70s with new animators, including Don Bluth, known and beloved Don Bluth. Don Bluth. One of the best, best known animators, directors in, in uh, animated cinema history. From what I've seen... Around this time, the studio fluctuated production between A movies and B movies, so movies that they thought had big potential, like, I guess it was later on, but like The Little Mermaid, and then movies that they just liked the idea and concept of. One of the things I thought was funny, too, is they were like, oh, for the younger animators, we'll just give them this B film. Yeah, yeah, something that, like, they're not going to um, be banking on to make big box office, a big box office splash. The one in competition with the rescuers for production was called Scruffy, which I'd never heard of, and according to the Wikipedia, it was an adaptation of Paul Gallico's novel, which centered around the Barbary macaques of Gibraltar, with its honorary leader named Scruffy, and the apes would be threatened by the Nazi party's attempt to capture them for the British Empire during World War II. When the time had come to greenlight the project, the studio leaders decided to approve the rescuers instead. I want to see the monkeys versus the Nazis. Hell on yeah, I do. I, first, you don't make a movie about the poet being imprisoned by a totalitarian government and, and then, then you, you give us the nazi fighting you, monkeys you Come scrap on. the nazi versus the monkey movie i demand satisfaction and then the last production note i had and will actually told me about this before because of course he knows this before of i course. looked anything up so this movie was there was a scandal associated with this movie <laughs> there were two non-consecutive frames displaying a topless woman with her nips with the nips and you can find it online it's uh it's it's I don't think it's even a drawing. I think it's an actual photograph. Yeah, I think if you go into the Wikipedia article, it's one of the yeah. pictures in there. It's in the background. It's like it's when they're on the bird Orville. and it's some Orville, and it's it's inside of an apartment building that they're they're passing. It's like by. really in the background. Like I don't know how anyone ever saw it. Right. A Disney claims that it was not the work of any of their animators, but it was a prank performed by the post production team, and it seems like it was very successful since the frames remained in the film throughout its theatrical run and some of its home release so disney issued a recall on the video i think it they recalled them like two million video cassettes wow how do you word that how do you how are you like by the way we're issuing a recall yeah because of titties because of some tits it's very weird it's very weird that was a scandal Many people believe that this film proved that the Disney animation department could survive Walt's death. It was the first major success after The Jungle Book, and the next one wasn't until Little Mermaid, apparently. Was it? So. Was this? I guess this one was more successful than Robin Hood. Yeah, Robin Hood didn't do so well at the beginning. But I it's know that it's so much better. <laughs> it's so much better, but for some reason, it did not do as well. Not a single sexy fox this whole movie. Uh, this is actually the first Walt Disney animated feature to inspire a sequel. 
Which came out 13 years after the original. That's pretty far apart. That's crazy. Yeah. That's like, when was the last Matrix movie released? Oh, I don't know. Oh, that new one's coming soon, They're isn't making it? a new one. I could have sworn, didn't Neo die? I only saw the- I don't remember. I only I don't saw, know the, last I saw the last one once. I saw the last one once. It was okay. I don't know. I keep Someone meaning to rewatch died. those because they were kind of fun. Mm-hmm. The Wachowskis. The Wachowskis. Both, both ladies only, now. Only one of them, though, is doing the new one. Not both of them. Oh, really? Yeah. The Wachowski. The Wachowskis. So, let's get into this movie. It starts with this little girl in a bayou throwing a bottle into the water. Like all good movies. Like a all kid, good movies. A kid, a bottle in a bayou. <laughs> chucking a bottle into the bayou. And then we get, there's like, all of the credits happen here. This opening credit, there's like 10 minutes long. There are no credits Five at minutes. the end. Mm-hmm. It's just this. Like, this is the credits. They're right at the beginning of the movie. They're not at the end of the movie. They're just at the beginning. Yeah. It's long. There's literally but nothing. It has weirdly beautiful artwork. I love it. It looks like charcoal and oil paintings. I think they're actually oil pastels. Really? Yeah. Because you can see the texture of the paper. Yeah. And I thought that was a really interesting art choice. I bet that's the song. Hmm? I bet that's the song that got I bet it is. What's, I already forgot the name of that song. What was it? Someone's waiting for you. Mm. So yeah, the oil. I'm pretty sure it's oil pastels because I was because I read your note before I watched it this morning, mm-hmm. and I was like, those look like yeah, oil they're pastels. really beautiful. It's really cool, and they do a lot of like still images that they do some like Ken Burnsing effects on, where they mm-hmm. like zoom in and out on stuff. It was fun, and then we go through the entire credits all everyone who had anything to do with this movie is credited yep. and I, I, one of the things i wrote was this feels like a picture book because a lot of the stationary mm-hmm. images but as you now know it's absolutely nothing like the illustrations from the book so which were horrible and we need to remember to put that up on on a uh, on twitter i will make sure that i post pictures of this cat so there's a girl <laughs> throwing shit into the ocean and then there's the credits and then suddenly we're in New York, mm-hmm. the bustling streets of New York, and we're following little mice around because the mice are living like people, only smaller. Because somehow this bottle that she threw into the bayou got to New York. I would love to know the current pattern. That got out of the bayou and that, all the way yeah. up the ocean. Yeah, I'd that's... love to know. And the uh, mice that we're following around, I keep saying this because I think this was the first animated movie that followed Robin Hood. The animation is so similar and it's very Reinhardt. Super sketchy. Very, very similar. So they just, every time I saw any of the animal, particularly the animals animated, Mm -hmm. I just thought that it reminded me so much of Robin Hood. So these are like Robin Hood mice. They look very much like the um, the Dormouse that was living in the church. Exactly. living in shoes in in new york and it's dirty but they're going to the mouse united nations whatever it's called everyone has culturally sensitive outfits on but there were a few errors well so we pan across and there's like all of the mice sitting in their little spots with their signs of where they are or who they're representing yeah and there's some that make sense and there's ones like africa which he's just representing everything africa is a bunch of countries not just one it's a lot of responsibility for one little mouse the next one is arabia which isn't even like a (laughs) continent it's just a regional area (laughs) And then there's one from Vienna, which is a city. It's not even a country. 
Yeah, that's true. That is true. That's funny. So, Indiana. like, did nobody bother, like, checking these things, even just a little bit? No, they did not care. Does Bianca show up now, or does she show up after Bernard? Uh, we see Bernard at the because he, he's like the janitor, I guess. In this, he's the janitor. Will pointed out that Bernard is dressed like Mario. He sure, fucking is. A red, yeah, a red shirt and blue overalls. Where is Luigi? He doesn't have one. He killed him. But so he, they're singing the pledge of the whatever they're called, the Rescue Aid Society, which right. has some very bizarre acronym that I never actually caught or understood what it stood for. Because I feel like there was an O in there somewhere. Oh, but anyway, and Miss Bianca shows up fashionably late she looks lovely she's got she her hat she's voiced by ava gabor yes who was in green acres which was, was in green acres which is a fun hilarious. show i fucking love that show do you remember there was a emmy award ceremony in the early aughts and megan mulally as karen walker and donald trump sang the green acres theme do you remember that no it was at the height of the apprentice I think about that all the time and how that man became president. And it was this joke. He was wearing overalls. It was a joke. And everybody thought it was funny because he's Donald Trump and he was singing the Green Acres theme with, with Karen Walker. It's not funny now. I bet she doesn't think it's funny. I bet she's pissed that she did that. She pissed she did that. So Miss Bianca, voiced by Eva Gabor, yes. is the Hungarian representative because Eva Gabor is from In Hungary. fact, Hungarian. In yes. fact, Hungarian. And they have a whole slapstick bit when they, some for some reason, they didn't take the note out of the bottom. They bring the entire bottle into the mouse UN. Yeah. And then Bernard comes in to like get it open and yes, to get the note out of the bottle because he's like, like the janitor. Why are you calling Maybe because they can't that you don't even know what it's about. Maybe because they can't do it in the street in case somebody sees them. Okay, but like where were you storing the bottle before you dragged it into this meeting? Couldn't you have opened it there? That's a good question. Also, yeah, how do they even know what it says? How do they know that this is something that they need to help with? Right. Like, how do they know? it's not some prank joke thing like did you bring all of the mice from around the world to this meeting for nothing so all good questions who's taking the minutes of this meeting also they cut out the woman chairman mouse from the book there's a lady chairman chair lady and then this there's just this one obnoxious dude so anyway they get the note out and they find out that it's a little girl from the morningside orphanage who has been kidnapped or whatever and miss bianca volunteers to take it and there's a whole big Please, please let me take this case. Misogynistic point where the guy's like, Well, you're a lady mouse. You can't go by yourself. And so he asks for volunteers. And then she just picks Bernard, the janitor, just because. She liked his overalls. She liked his overalls. She liked his Mario look. So they go to they go to find the orphanage, mm-hmm. Bianca and Bernard. And they find the orphanage and they get in there and there's a cat. There's a cat, but he's a nice cat. He's a very nice old cat. He's a nice friendly cat. Also, I have to say... For some reason, when I started watching this movie, again, I didn't remember anything about it. I don't remember anything about the Rescuers on Under. I assumed that they were going to be, like, married. I thought they were, like, a married couple of mice who go thwarting bad things. And so when this movie started and they weren't involved, I was like, do I have a false memory that's sexualizing the animated mice in this (laughs) film? And I got really kind of worried. Originally, they were going to be married. Like, that was how they were plotting it out. But they decided it was... Was more romantic to have them not be married because once you're married you're old and boring and nothing counts anymore that's really funny it's less romantic to be married right man some unhappily married man made that choice oh get Holy ready shit. get ready it was probably mitt call mitt call has some issues we'll get into that in a little bit here oh, mitt. 
So the cat has glasses. The cat is is wizened. wizened. The cat is uh, dispensing knowledge. The cat has a, a bushy mustache and glasses that are somehow staying on his face. Somehow on his face, despite not having anything that would actually hold him on his face. What's his name? Rufus. Rufus. And the mice are like, ugh, a cat. And well, and like, so the mice find a box labeled with Penny. There's no way this orphanage would have kept any of her shit. Once she was gone, they would have been like, dump it out, bring another kid in. But so they find the box that's Penny's and they ask Rufus about Penny and he gives us this flashback scene mm-hmm. where he's, Penny didn't get adopted. They adopted a little redheaded girl instead of her. Oh God, and like that's sad. ever happened. Right? Has anyone listened to Anna Green Gables? Come on. No one is going to pass up a blonde for a redhead. So he's he's telling her this. He, it's like this poem. I tried to see if it was like a real poem, but I think they literally wrote it for this. He says about how she needs to keep the faith. He says, faith is a bluebird you see from afar. And so we go from this flashback of him being like, you have to keep the faith. Someone's going to adopt you to Rufus being me like, eh, we looked for her for like two weeks. What do you want? I don't care. She's gone now. It's all over. Like way to keep the faith, Rufus. Ultimately, he is a cat. He is a cat. So okay, this also brings up a point that she can communicate with the cat. She can talk to the cat. Yeah. I think that's just a Disney thing you have to accept is that people can speak with animals. But only a few people. Well, maybe the cat isn't talking to anyone else. Maybe no one else is worthy. That's a really good point. Maybe the cat doesn't care about anybody else enough he to only cares about communicate. That's, anyway. Yeah, that's probably true. And like the mice probably aren't just talking to everyone. Well, they don't even speak the same language They're from all over. One guy just speaks african no they all speak mice right oh okay well i don't think that's language i don't know i think we're thinking a little too hard on that as usual so they get a hint from rufus that madame medusa who owns a pawn shop tried to steal or lure penny into her car so bianca and bernard go to find this pawn shop to see if they can find any hints there's something about someone who owns a pawn shop where you are immediately like sketch you are the scum of the earth even though i'm sure there are very nice pawn shop owners it's a shitty business the stigma around it ain't good it is it really is like exploiting people in a desperate situation yeah 100 percent. so bianca and bernard get to the pawn shop and they get in and they're searching around for clues and they find like a first grade primary book or whatever a math book or something yeah Yeah. something and it's got penny's name in it and they're like oh well this is a good hint and then the phone rings and they freak out and they hide and we get introduced to Madame Medusa. Madame Medusa was when I started recognizing things. Yeah. Because she started ringing bells. Um, Will said that he reminded her of Cruella de Vil a lot. She, to me, was, I could see that, but she, to me, was 100% Miss Hannigan from Annie. Ooh, yeah. Carol Burnett's Miss Hannigan. They originally did consider doing Cruella de Vil as the antagonist in this movie. Like, as a sequel? Yeah. And then they just, Ollie Johnson was an animator. He felt it was wrong to attempt a sequel and it was dropped and Madame Medusa was put in. Uh, Medusa's appearance was based on Milt Call's then-wife, Phyllis Bounds, who he apparently did not like. She looks like a Phyllis. Medusa's a fucking badass name. It is a badass name. I imagine that this added to the reasons of their divorce in 1978. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Turns out Phyllis Bounds, I looked her up, she was the niece of Walt Disney. Oh, shit. And she was, like, in the animation department. She was in inking, and she did a lot of production stuff. So, like, she was all over the place. Hmm. But apparently not a good wife for Milt Call. Call, this was also um, Milt Call's last film for the studio, and he wanted this final character to be the best. So he ended up doing all the animation for her himself, apparently. 
gotta make sure that his horrible wife insert character looked good, I guess. Well, if they got divorced the year after this came out, yeah, this was definitely a fuck you to that lady. Probably. Man. All right. Milt call. Yeah. Petty. So, yeah. So, Madame Medusa answers the phone and she's asking if they found it and she says, well, you've been down there two months already. So, like, if she's been down there for two months, why on earth do you still have this, like, first grade book on your desk? Did they say when she'd gone missing? Well, they've did been looking for say? the diamond for like two months. Yeah, but when when did no, I don't think they really gave us? He said the okay. cops looked for for a couple weeks and then kind of gave up. Also, why would she have a book? Why would she have a school book with her if they just kidnapped her? Right, a little convenient if you ask me. It is very convenient. So Medusa decides that she has to go down herself and make this happen because they're not finding this diamond. She's on a quest to find the world's largest diamond. It's dumb. It is dumb. So she's packing up her suitcase in the way that we all pack our suitcase when we're in a rush. Love it. Throws, throws everything in. Throws and throw a lamp in get an iron in there i love it slam yeah. it shut but oh my god who's in the suitcase only bernard because it's Bianca bernard didn't run fast enough to get on the who, plane with them who rescues the rescuers <laughs> when they're stuck in suitcases <laughs> although so i will little. say madame medusa's coat was legit i'm uh, honestly i'm a hundred percent behind medusa she i, her, love, her I love her wardrobe solid. i love her car uh i love that she's scuzzy i love everything about her i love that she had just a fucking ring of eye or eyeshadow happening yeah just she's definitely going for the eye. i just got punched in the face look but make it neon yeah you want to go yeah. big go big go bold so they go and hijinks ensue and bernard and the suitcase fall out of the car that madame min is driving like Matt, calling her madame mim it's a different madam it's a different madam madame medusa is driving like a crazy lady around the streets of new york and so they have to find another way to get down to the devil's bayou and so they end I up with the devil's bayou the so devil's bad bayou. and so they end up going to i guess what is maybe an airport it's really hard to tell what that building was i'm gonna talk about this i I bring this up in my notes they are at what appears to be a helipad on top of a building that is directly next to the empire state building pretty sure that doesn't exist nobody has noticed that on top of this helipad and like i don't know up top where the fans are there's a albatross airport nobody has noticed this why is there a helipad in the middle of manhattan why and like why are they acting like this was like a super common used form of transportation i, I don't know like those that, were like military transport helicopters that we they were illustrating and then she's like why it really bothered me was the was helicopters a really common transport mode of transport in the 70s i think that i mean helipad helipad how do you say it helipad they're only on top of hospitals really like in any sort of yeah. common like, so way yeah. but they had like i don't the, know like, flight announcements happening like you were yes. in a fucking airport it was very weird you don't take there's something about helicopters they're only for emergencies or really really rich assholes or rich assholes or news news That's it. traffics traffic how are you gonna know what the traffic is if you're on the ground you gotta yeah. be in a helicopter so then we get they go up to the albatross airport and the albatross shows up and he like fucking crash lands and this is voiced by jim jordan who along with his wife Marion was the star of a radio show called Fibber McGee and Molly and mm. he apparently came out of retirement for this movie. His wife had passed away in 61 mm. and he just stopped acting until this. I really thought that that was the guy who played the sheriff in Robin Hood again. I just have Robin Hood on the brain with this whole movie. Well, I mean, it sounds similar to him. Well, that's that's coming. I know. 
And so they get on the sardine can on top of the albatross and and twist the thing back to cover themselves. Yeah, they they unwrap it. And then they fly past some titties, we find out. They fly fly past a couple frames of titties. Mm -hmm. And then they're flying and Bianca gets tired and like falls asleep on his shoulder. And there's like some smooth moves from Bernard. Bernard is feeling it. His arm around her. Well done. Good job, buddy. Good job. So, of course, we're watching. (laughs) Will now insists on watching every movie with me That's which adorable. is which is i know it's sweet you're adorable uh, well and he out of nowhere goes you know the albatrosses are both a maritime bird and they are the bird that can stay airborne the longest and i was like well i'm not gonna bother looking that up so with that will, i find out that you did you know that will and i are basically the same person sometimes in a lot of ways which in i a have lot of a ways, lot of conflicting feelings about i had definitely already looked up albatross facts by this point <laughs> And welcome well, to Albatross Facts. Welcome to my new podcast, Albatross Facts. Albatross <laughs> are actually kind of fucking fascinating. I'm going to throw that out there. So first of all, they can live for like 40 fucking years. That's pretty long for a bird. Yes. They don't even reach like maturity until 8 to 12 years old. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm glad I subscribed to this podcast. So they actually spend most of their lives like gliding over the ocean. And once they're out of the nest, which can take a while, they grow very slowly. They spend five to six years without touching land once. So they just go from flying to being like sitting on the ocean? They don't even sit on the ocean because they can get eaten by things because they can only like, they can't dive. So they just catch their food and they fly. They glide. They have muscles in their back that will lock into place to keep their wings in the right spot. So, so they, they fly flying. straight for six years? That's what it sounds like. That sounds exhausting. Yeah. I don't even like being awake for six hours. They can fly about 50 miles an hour. So the flight Jesus. from New York to New Orleans would have been about 26 hours. But an albatross can sleep while it's gliding. That's insane. Right? Albatross are bitching. They also can have wingspans up to 12 feet. Thank you, Albatross Facts. All right. That's, that ends my podcast, Albatross Facts. So they finally make it to the bayou, and Orville, the albatross, is waking up and unlocking his wings so he can land. And then there are suddenly a bunch of fireworks that start going off. Yes, because Penny has run away from this. Penny's run away. Showboat. She's she escaped the showboat. She doesn't want to be in the in the show business, so she runs away. And I'm not sure why did they do the fireworks again. Were they just trying to like get? Okay, so they were trying to light up the. so they could find penny right that was the entire thing and like fireworks first of all are not a good source of light no also do you want fire near a swamp i feel like there might be some gases there might be yeah it was a poor choice i don't know also why they just had a bunch of fireworks and they're very clearly stated that they are mr what's his faces what's his name snoop snoop they're mr snoop's fireworks fireworks anyway so medusa sends out her al or her crocodiles are the crocodiles or the alligators uh, they're in the bayou. I think that they're. I think they're alligators. Okay, so we're gonna call them alligators. If we're wrong, please tell us. So the she sends the alligators out to capture this child, this small child who's mm-hmm. running through a swamp, and then Orville, our albatross, gets crash landed because of fireworks, and we meet some. I think they're actually supposed to be muskrats. We meet some good down home. Cajun Bayou Swamp folk. These are my people. If I could have been from anywhere else in the country, I would have been from the fucking bayou. I love it. I love everything about it. 
So we get one of them who comes out of the house and is like, what the fuck is going on, basically? And then there's just some dude passed out in a hammock on the porch, mm-hmm. yep. touching a, a bottle of hooch. It is a jug. It's one of those jugs that's dark on top and light on the bottom. It's got three X's on it. Yes, it does. And this dude's just passed out. He's drinking his toilet wine. He's having a great time. And I don't remember his name. Uh, Luke. His name is Luke. 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 And so his wife is like, Luke, Luke, get up and go see what's going on. And he talks. And guess who he is? He's the fucking sheriff from Robin Hood. I was like, I knew you were going to show up somewhere. I, I heard his it. voice. I was like, I know this voice. What is this mm-hmm. from? I had to go look That's it up. I'm like, I know. I know what it is. I have his name in here somewhere because he is, in fact, a person. But I knew that. Did I write it down? No, I didn't write it down. No, I just said that's the sheriff, and you said, yes, it is. All right. Um, He's also an actor on Green Acres with Ava Gabor. He was, yeah. It's all connected. They, I can't, I stopped paying attention for a little bit here, I think. And then at some point, they end up on the little boat with the little dragonfly motorboard flying them across. Uh, His name is Evan Rude, which is actually a brand of outboard motors. That's a risky joke. Like, as far as humor goes, that's a gamble. People are going to know what that means. Well, I mean, like, if you don't know, you're just like, okay, that's a weird name. Like, I didn't know until I looked it up. And the dragonfly started. Um, kind of reminding me a little bit of The Princess and the Frog, which is also set in New Orleans. Oh, yeah. Because that has, you know, they, they, they're in the swamp a little bit. They're in the bayou and there's, well, I don't remember his name. Ray. Mm. Ray, the, the, I think he's a oh, firefly who's in love with the moon. Madame Medusa is trying to start her like little boat cart thing. I don't know. What is that called? It's one of those um, like swamp. It's got like a fan on the back, doesn't it? It's like one of those swamp. It doesn't have a fan though. It's oh, like it doesn't a have that one. jet engine or something. It's weird. It's like a weird jet ski. It's like a, yeah, it's like a swamp jet ski. We're going to call it that. And swamp so ski. she's trying to get that working and she's yelling for Mr. Snoops, who we finally see. Kind of looks like a short, fat Ron Weasley. He does, in fact. Uh, and so she's going off to chase and the alligators are out chasing Penny and then... Yeah, the alligators, I thought, were kind of like the OG Flotsam and Jetsam. Oh, yeah, for they sure. They reminded me a lot of that. And what was their... They had cool names, too. They are Brutus and Nero. Right. And Will pointed out that they lean a lot into mythology in this, like Medusa, yeah. Brutus, Nero. I guess they're not... I guess that they were real people. But Still. like Greek, Greek and Roman. Roman. Yeah, I didn't catch that, which I should have. Mm-hmm. A big nerd, but okay. Ha! Uh, ha! Someday we'll do Hercules. No, never. I can't. I can't wait. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be your counterpoint. Do I know. I'm so excited. So the alligators finally find Penny, and they're carrying her back by like the scruff very of her. Gently, very gently. Alligators. They're Penny big alligators. Has so. no fear. Nah, She's like, true. "Don't touch my teddy. You don't get my teddy bear wet. Screw you, mm-hmm. Nero." <laughs> yep. This girl has no fear. So they're they're going back and Bianca and Bernard are chasing them with the dragonfly motorboard. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the scene where Bianca falls out of the boat and into the water and they're trying to like rescue her. And there's no music playing. Oh, yeah, weird. that's true. It's kind of eerie, isn't it? Yeah, it was a really weird choice to not have any like background music there. Because they definitely use background music in other spots. So it was a deliberate choice to not have it there. Yeah. 
Anyway, so the alligators get back to the showboat and Snoops sends out in fireworks that they found the girl. He's got some mad firework writing skills. Well, he's been stuck in the bayou by himself on this like broken down riverboat. He doesn't probably have anything else to do. Why is nobody like insp- like looking into why there are a bunch of fireworks going off in the middle of the bayou? This very well might be one of those you mind your own business. Might be. You're right. Kind of deals. And then Medusa comes crashing back in with her jet ski and like no wonder it doesn't work very well you treat it like shit yeah she's not gentle at all with her possessions so she gets in and snoops has sent penny off to bed i gotta say this so that you now now we're inside the riverboat i don't hate it no i don't hate the interior of this uh it is kind of broken down so it's a little bit scruffy but it uh it's i like a purple fainting couch i like it was a good couch i like a nice staircase yeah the pipe organ well why yeah it's frankly it's it's pretty aesthetic i like it honestly it's pretty motif i don't want to live on a half sunk riverboat but i wouldn't not live on one yeah so then Bernard and Bianca show up and there's a chase scene with the alligators and they end up inside of the pipe organ. Yeah, it's the whole thing. And the- also, why are alligators chasing mice? You think that they'd go after fish or something? Maybe they're, I mean, they're guard alligators. Maybe they're just protecting their turf. I guess so. Or like Miss Bianca's perfume is some sort of like trigger for them. I don't mm. know. Because that's what they reacted to was her perfume. Oh, right. So why does Medusa need this diamond when she could just make bank taking her organ-playing alligator on the road? See, this is the thing. She's stuck on an idea. She's literally sitting on a goddamn gold mine. I don't think that she actually wants the diamond to sell. I think she, she just, just wants, wants to it. have it. That's stupid. I'm going to say that stupid. that's stupid. Also, how did you know that the diamond was in this thing? Also, how would you even sell a diamond like that if you wanted to? You can't. You can't because it was definitely stolen from from somebody else and they're all it, gonna right. fucking know it'd that. be like if you stole the mona lisa and tried to sell it somebody would be like oh you're the person who stole the mona lisa right like oh no i found it on the i'm street. gonna call the art theft department of interpol of interpol or baton rouge anyway so then the mice come out and then medusa sees the mice and she tries to shoot them yeah that's confidence for you like a lot <laughs> you got faith in your own shot if you're trying to shoot at a mouse she shouldn't because she missed completely yeah, she's every terrible. single time. I have the feeling she might be drunk. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't blame her. So is I think at this point they do we. <sighs> then we so then we go up to Penny in right. her room and she's putting on her pajamas because the pajamas. kidnappers so, gave her pajamas and let her keep her teddy bear, which is frankly fairly nice of them. I think that we've established that they wanted a little kid because this diamond is in it's in a cave that is underground and is only accessible okay, through like a small. Well, sometimes they're on the side of ground jesse <laughs> um, uh, and it, that is only accessible through like a small hole so they need a, a child yes did they pick her because she's like an orphan and so she's small because she's malnourished because that's fucked up maybe they picked her because she was an orphan and no one's gonna miss her are there no orphans in louisiana to kidnap that's a really solid question i don't know why maybe it's because they lived in new york so, like, they could easily catch... Them. Maybe they're just waiting for the right kid to come Maybe around. Maybe this whole thing just really strikes me as, like, extremely groomy, and I don't like it. It's not it's good. Like, it's not... Nothing about the... We're gonna say it's bad optics. Yeah. Yeah. So, Medusa calls Penny to her room, and she's in there, like, taking her face off, pulling Literally. off her eyelashes, and wiping off her makeup, and... Yzma style. Yzma style, for real. And then she's, you know 
basically fucking gaslighting Penny like no one would want to adopt you anyway you're such a what did she say I think I put the quote in here somewhere what makes you think anyone would want a homely little girl like you I mean she has a point nobody I think she's a cute little girl nobody wants an ugly baby nobody child nobody wants an ugly baby anyway so she basically like gaslights and threatens this girl into going to find the diamond for her anyway so Penny goes back yeah, to her remember, imagine gaslighting a like six year old orphan that you kidnapped <laughs> you kidnapped and brought states away yeah so they penny goes back to her room and she's saying her prayers and then bianca and bernard show up and she's totally nonplussed by it like they yeah, start talking like, and she's like great all right i've been talking to a cat for years i was i'm ready for this for mice and people clothes this is yep, fine totally fine and then they start to devise a plan for her to escape which involves an elevator why is there an elevator on a boat i fucking love this river boat i love it there's an elevator <laughs> god damn <laughs> So their plan is to lure the alligators into the elevator and steal the jet ski, swamps jet ski or whatever. The swamp ski. The swamp swamp ski. And they, Bianca and Bernard sends even Evan Rude, the dragonfly, back to the place where they landed so they can collect the other animals to help with the escape, I guess. Mm-hmm. But he gets, so Evan Rude is on his way to let people know and he gets attacked by a flock of bats. So he ends up in a bottle for a while. <laughs> he was uh, crafty. He's dodgy. He was dodgy. So then the, we get to, we cut to like the next morning, which I felt I think felt like really abrupt. Yeah. Like I feel like we were supposed to be action packed. They were talking about like... escaping that night and then suddenly it's the next morning and we're getting lowered down into a hole mm-hmm. so snoops is lowering is going to lower penny down into this hole in the ground medusa steals the teddy bear because she's a bitch <laughs> that was a dick move it was she only dick. has one thing in the world and yet taking it from her Dang so they lower her down in the hole and she's looking for the diamond and there's like just fucking gems everywhere and all sorts yeah, of gold and whatnot just, just take some of those and sell them right well and, like they had piles of them in the boathouse already selfish you'd think they could have sold a couple to like pay for repairing the the riverboat right take pride in your home kids seriously so then there's the spot that penny has never gone into because it's scary because the water shoots up from there i guess is that a thing that happens sure you're the cave expert i mean caves are all underground (laughs) sound like um i i have read books about people who go through caves caves are cool i can't and so Bernard's like, well, I'm going to go check over there. And then he almost falls into the hole and Bianca saves him. And Again, he's a mouse. He's very small. He's very small. And they find the diamond. It's inside of a skull. Very goth. Very goth. I feel like that's something that you just wouldn't get today. No, like, I don't think so. It seems like it'd be too dark for children to see. Yeah. Like, who did the skull belong to? How did they die? Why is it just the skull? Where's the rest of them? get down into this cave. They probably kidnap malnourished orphans. And then let the malnourished orphans live yeah. down in the cave. That's right. And, dress and they them became up like pirates. And they became mouse cave pirates. They became cave pirate lizard people. Cave pirate lizard people. So the, the diamond is stuck inside of a skull and they're trying to push it out through the eye hole and it is clearly too large for that. It's too big. Too fucking big. I kept saying, just crush the skull. Crush the I know skull. that you're little, but just try to crush the skull because it's not going to fit or right. lift it. So then Penny yells up to Medusa 
Medusa that she found the diamond, but it's stuck and she can't get it. And Medusa's mm-hmm. just like, well, fucking figure it out, kid. Yeah, she's not being very helpful. No. So Penny gets across this big hole in the ground and she takes a sword and pries open the skull. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. And they throw the diamond out and she brings it. And I was sure at this point that... Like I said, I don't remember this movie at all. So I was sure that they were just going to, like, take the diamond and leave her down in the fucking hall. Mm-hmm. Which... Oh, me too. I thought so as well. They didn't, which is unexpected, frankly. Well, they're not bad people. No. And so they finally have the diamond, and Medusa is very excited about the shiny diamond. And Snoops is like, oh, we're going to cut it in half. Like, do you know nothing about how gym valuation works? Yeah. You can't just cut a diamond in half and have it equal that it's same like value. Perfectly cut diamond. This giant-ass diamond. This giant-ass diamond. 400 carats. So Medusa breaks her promise. Obviously, she's like, nope, diamond's mine. Suck it. And she hides it in the teddy bear right? while she's holding Penny and Snoops at gunpoint. And she's going to escape on her swampski. Swampski. <laughs> but Bernard and Bianca are there and they have tied a string on the, across the doorway. So she trips and falls and Penny gets the teddy bear with the diamond in it. She doesn't even realize it's in there. She's just like, Teddy! <laughs> I feel like at this point, all the other swamp folk yes. come to help. The swamp animals and arrive to assist. I gotta tell you that. So Hooch, Hooch Mouse, Luke, Hooch Mouse. Luke the Hooch Mouse. Uh, he keeps like he did this with with Evan Rude too. He I don't know what he's alcohol. drinking. I don't know what he's drinking, Straight but he keeps like moonshine. taking swigs of moonshine. And then every time he then, drinks, his eyes do like the like weird, like multicolored hypnosis thing. Yeah. And he is filled with energy. And I'm here to tell you children that that's not what taking a swig of moonshine would do to you. No. You would not suddenly be highly motivated to do anything. You would probably not be able to stand up. And if you did, you'd puke. Probably. You certainly wouldn't be like running through a swamp. So no. drink your moonshine. I'm not saying not to. I'm just saying don't do it before a big project. Don't expect great ambition and motivation. (laughs) No. That's a I don't have anything to do today drink. So then they're like troubleshooting the ski, the swamp ski. Penny's on it trying to start it and they're having issues and they're doing all sorts of things. And they end up pouring all of the hooch mouse's hooch into the gas tank and it suddenly is going and they go and they escape. And Penny is a swamp ski savant because she's just killing it with the driving on there. And she's like six. So good for her. All the critters are All the critters. Also, all of those other animals were like all the same size. Yeah, that's true. They were the rabbits, the owls, the yeah. mice, the muskrats, or whatever. Like also, the owl wasn't the eating the mouse, which is pretty impressive because yeah, owls. Would, I was eat very mice. irritated by them all being the same size. Yeah. But it did feel a lot like they reused something from Robin Hood. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah I think like, I, yeah. all the animals were like marching off to this. Like it felt yeah. like Robin Hood, like you said earlier. It's just that's what it was. Mm-hmm. So then Snoops escapes on a raft and he goes away and Medusa is trying to chase them using Brutus and Nero as water skis, but that doesn't work out for her. And then Brutus and Nero turn though. on her. Imagine your pet alligators turning on you like that. But there was like no reason for them to turn. I didn't Maybe understand Maybe You know what? I bet that she was abusive to them. Probably. She was a bitch. And, and they got sick of it and they were like, oh, that's right. We're giant alligators and that's you're her. just a failed Mary Kay representative. Yeah. <laughs> 
that. We're going to eat you. So then we're back in New York City at the Rescue Aid Society, and they're watching a news report about how Penny found the Devil's Eye, which has been given to the Smithsonian Institute, and that she's been adopted by a woman that looks exactly like her. It's okay. She was adopted by a nice white couple who, like, they looked exactly the same. Like, it was maybe the same fucking art. Maybe it's her... Her birth mother. It's her birth mother. Changed her mind. Came back and found them. Her. That's it. And then they're watching, and then there's the meeting is interrupted when Evan Rude arrives with a call for help and Bernard and Bianca are off on another adventure. Oh, we didn't talk about um, Bernard is voiced by Bob Newhart. What do you think people our age know Bob Newhart from? Because I never watched his shows. I know him from In and Out. He was in that movie. I know him from Elf. know Bob. I'm gonna look him up because I don't actually know. Yeah, he was in Elf. That's right. Um, was his the show that ended in a snow globe, or was this one the dream one? That was. The, I think that was the dream one because he had he had two shows, and I think that the second one ended with him waking up in bed with the woman who played his wife in the first show. So weird. Very weird. I feel like I watched that show a few times as a kid. Like it just wasn't on rotation in my house. We just didn't think it was funny. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I think he's just one of those people who's just like around. So that is 1977's The Rescuers. So yes, what yeah. What do you what do you rate this? Hmm. I'm going to give it like a three out of five fireworks. I'm going to give it a three and a half. Well, I'm going to give it a three. Three out of five bottles of hooch. Yeah. I mean, it was fine. I don't know that I would like make a point to go back to watch this one. It did make me want to watch The Rescuers Down Under because I, again, yeah, I don't remember that one at all as well. I want I want to watch that one again because we'll that sooner rather than later. You and Will are the same person. You both told me that you remembered it with great fondness. It's a fun one. It's in Australia. Good day. Good day. Down under. Thank you for listening to where the people are in our episode about the rescuers if we wildly fuck something up please let us know if you just didn't like it or don't agree with our thoughts on it you can let us know that too i, I mean I'll, I'll fight you i'll fight anyone i'll fight mom. for a twitter fight i am you can find us on twitter instagram and facebook at wtpa pod remember to rate review and subscribe let us know what you want us to do we've we kick around movie ideas a lot and then yeah. we forget about them and then we text each other two weeks later what were we gonna do i don't yeah. remember what were we gonna do that's very accurate that's what very it is accurate. all right all right thank you thanks bye what are we doing next should we do a newer one? We could, unless you just want to do the down, Rescuers Down Under and just knock Should it out. Should we do it as a sequel? Do you want to? I think that'd be yeah, fun. Yeah, just back to back? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let's do that. For sure. <laughs> I really want to watch that one. <laughs>